Hey guys, Cass here. So, um, I've just been literally trying to fight and get a uh, copy of the reanimator, the music to play for us, but sadly, uh, it looks like this week I'm going to be having some technical issues. Um, so we won't be able to hear the music, but I highly recommend checking it out. We'll get into it a little later as to why, but, um, it is a really cool theme to go along with such an awesome film. So the reanimator 1985 American sci-fi horror comedy. Um, I know it's kind of borderline on the comedy there, but it, it is, uh, as much as some of you don't want to believe me. Um, it does fall into that, which is kind of strange, given that it was an H.P. Lovecraft um, novella, so Herbert West, the reanimator. Um, so a little odd that they decided to take the comedy approach, but eh, still ended up with a great, great film. So, um, well, just great in the sense that it's good fun. So we have a scientist, um, and this is Herbert West, who can basically reanimate dead bodies. Um, he comes to America after studying in Switzerland and uh, essentially makes a friend um, within the school. And from there, basically all chaos ensues, you know, with the uh, co other colleague, Dr. Carl Hill, um, and just, you know, all the drama in between. So um, we have Jeffrey Combs playing Herbert West, Dan Kane playing Bruce Abbott, Dr. Carl Hill being played by David Gale, and um, Megan... Uh, which would be uh, Dan's um, fiance, who's played by Barbara Crampton. So originally this was devised as a theatrical stage production uh, by Stuart Gordon, the director. Uh, but later, you know, it was basically they played with the idea of a half an hour TV plot and then it became a film. So um, it was estimated to be just a little over 900000 to make the film um, and was originally given an X rating. Um, you know, later it'd be edited for an R rating, uh, but definitely... Um, can see where the X themes uh, were present, which um, if you have seen it or uh, haven't, and it would become a series, um, you know, later followed by The Bride of Reanimator in 1990 and Beyond Reanimator in 2003. So the plot of the film follows Dr. Herbert West, um, who starts off in the University of Zurich in Switzerland, um, and he brings his professor, Dr. Hans Gruber, uh, back to life. However, there's horrific side effects, which West basically explains that he gave him too large of a dose, but you can see the the craziness in his eyes I brought him back to life you know that kind of um idea so there's definitely a, a hubris going on with this this um uh, invention. So, um, that being said, you know, he arrives at the, uh, university in New England and meets with, um, Dan Kane, a fellow student, medical student, um, who seems to be a very promising medical student. He's, the, you know, the number one in his class, so on and so forth. And he, uh, Herbert West moves in with him, uh, and Megan and essentially, you know, chaos sort of ensues from there. Megan had a really weird feeling about, uh, Herbert and essentially, you know, um, Dan's cat's attack when you have Rufus and the whole sort of thing in the basement when they reanimate Rufus um, and he goes absolutely insane. insane. Uh, in fact, they reanimate him twice just, just to prove to Dan what, what Herbert's powers really are. Now, um, essentially, you know, Dan's, I think, mystified and scared all at the same time. So um, Megan sees this, you know, and her dad is the head of the school, so he decides to go in, talk to him about what he sees, but... Megan's dad is under the influence of Dr. Carl Hill, who seems to be a neurologist who also has a little bit of a, his hands within, um, 
uh, hypnotism uh, and seems to have uh, the doctor under this idea that uh, that Dan's not all he he makes himself out to be and certainly not not and neither is he- Hebert as he's already gone into discussions and fights within his classroom about reanimated tissue and how long the brain can truly live um, definitely just loved this film I mean it was good humor just good overall fun um, but at the same time gory and gross i mean there's definitely some scenes that were like cronenberg-ish um i don't want to give the away the ending of this because it was it was pretty funny um for lack of a better word um and then at the same time just pretty gross you know something about a headless corpse trying to go between your legs it's like just to me um but uh it was just just overall what the 80s were renowned for for that campy um you know, over-the-top blood, where blood splatter is almost a character within itself. So I highly recommend checking it out. I mean, I just loved the... This is probably one of my favorite H.P. Lovecraft novels. Um, so just to see it on screen, I mean, I really don't understand why Hollywood doesn't doesn't dip out of this creative genius more often. I mean, I have a feeling we'd have better horror movies all around. Um, you know, the the final scene is just, just pure morgue magic. So highly recommend checking it out. Um, this podcast, Sally, isn't as long as some of my previous ones um there just really wasn't much to say i mean the 80s was you know a a time when they were pumping out horror movies left right and center it was just fun to see that this wasn't you know the second or the third this was a new idea and something something they hadn't quite brought in you know the the evil mad scientist i mean it was something they haven't done since frankenstein so really really cool to see um, but uh, basically, uh, Stuart Gordon got the idea talking with his friends about vampire films, oddly enough, you know, saying there was too many Draculas, not enough Frankensteins. Uh, and someone said, well, have you ever read H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Reanimator? <clears throat> And uh, he had not. Um, and being a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, he definitely went out, swept up the rest of the books. Um, and, uh, and you know, the film was birthed from there. So our special effects guy, I definitely have to give some credit to Bob Greenberg. I mean, he brought the shock and sensibility of Evil Dead, but with the production values of The Howling. I mean, it was just there was definitely, you know, you could see that cheesiness that Evil Dead had, but at the same time, this was still maintaining that serious approach and uh, serious theme. Now, um, <clears throat> it's kind of neat looking at, like, how they did the makeup for uh, Dr. Carl Hill. I mean, essentially, they had to create things to show his headless body um, and it, Tony Dublin would design this uh, mechanical uh, sort of back proportion which would allow the actor to crunch over underneath and look like he was carrying the severed head um but essentially they would have to make these um mechanical devices for almost every camera take which is kind of neat um having to come up with these different sort of um well machines to show uh and just this is the this is when horror was at its best when you had to create the special effects it wasn't brought to us by a computer and some easy to do generations um easy to do computer uh generated themes now um Greenberg uh, was given actually a whole lot of information from the local morgue in regards to what the bodies would look like so he had a really unique um uh Basically, variety to choose from as per color, disfigurations, mutilations, and whatnot that they'd seen locally. So in that final scene, all of those bodies that you see come to life um, is, uh, you know, all brought to us by uh, by local accidents in the last probably two to three years in the area. Um, now, 
kind of neat all together, like I was saying with the music. When you hear it, it's very similar to Psycho. And once I did a little bit of research, came to find out it was composed by Richard Band, who was definitely renowned and uh, noticed for his uh, similarities to Hitchcock um, in the sense of themes uh, for the music. So he he seemed to keep a very... uh, seem to not not copy it but when you when you hear it it's it's very reminiscent to that of the of the violin <clears throat> now released october 18th of 85 so it'll be celebrating uh oh gosh that i'd make it uh 32 33 years old uh this week so i mean to me it definitely still holds its uh value um in regards to horror i mean it's Definitely, in my opinion, could fall between that R and X uh, rating, but still holds a candle to today. And I think, in fact, is is better than even some of the films by, on today's standards. So, um, you know, like I was saying, Hollywood really should dip back at H.P. Lovecraft. This guy has some phenomenal, phenomenal uh, themes. Uh, I mean, you know, in the black and white era, we were able to do a lot of Poe. I think nowadays, 21st century, we should do some more H.P. Lovecraft. Um, you know, I think it it would really open uh, open eyes to the the, the new, newly uh, brought upon horror generation that thinks that, you know, blood and guts and whatnot is, is necessary. But at the same time, you know, you could still have a, a good horror film without um, without that. It, it it really depends on the characters for me, and, and this film brings forward some truly unique characters. I mean, even in the end, you you don't like Hebert, but you feel for him. Yeah, uh, you know, poor Doctor West. So it's um it's definitely a unique film. Anyways, uh, just a quick podcast this week. Uh, signing off, and hopefully next week we won't have so many technical difficulties. Anyways, thanks again, guys. Uh, reach to me, reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, um, which you will find in my bio uh, if you don't know the link already. Other than that, guys, um, yeah, happy October. Thanks again. <laughs>